Chapter Thirty One of Prodigal Daughters by Joseph Hawking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kate Fallis. Chapter Thirty One Miss Statham. Eleanor saw at a glance that Miss Statham's rooms had an appearance of comfort, almost amounting to luxury. The house, which was large and handsome, overlooked regent's park and was pleasantly situated years before the whole row in which the house was placed had been occupied by people of position and affluence as years went by however and the craze for flats had grown this with other dwellings of a similar nature had been turned into self-contained suites and let much to the proprietor's profit yes the position is very pleasant assented miss statham when eleanor expressed delight at what she saw it's very convenient too one is in easy access to everything from here and yet away from the noise and crowds but come take off your things and sit by the fire we are nearing the end of march but the weather is bitterly cold she led the way into her bedroom as she spoke and eleanor saw taste and comfort everywhere i am glad you like my rooms said miss statham as she noted eleanor's look of approbation you see i have a bathroom adjoining and also another bedroom in case i want to entertain a friend from my point of view i do not suppose i could get anything better i can be in the office in twenty minutes and the people here are very good to me they have a very good cook and the service is on the whole excellent sometimes of course i dine at a restaurant for a change but generally i have my dinner served here alone i see you are looking at my books she went on as they entered the front room again yes i read a good deal i am not often in the humour for going out and i am afraid i am very extravagant in books of course the libraries do one pretty well but i buy a good many all the same somehow i can never enjoy a borrowed book like i can one of my own a little later they sat down to dinner which was deftly served by a quick-footed silent servant everything was cooked to perfection and showed that miss statham could command all that money could give her it was evident too that she was a woman of taste every piece of furniture was a work of art indeed every article in the room suggested a person of culture and affluence and now said miss statham when they had finished dinner drop your chair to the fire and let us talk will you forgive my saying so i took a liking to you the first time we met and i have for a long time wanted to ask you to come here but i kept putting it off as i get older i am afraid to act on impulse i want to think out everything again and again before acting i expect that is because of the responsible position you hold in the firm replied eleanor perhaps so but i am inclined to think i am getting crusted do you know how old i am a little over thirty i should say i am nearly thirty-seven and there was a touch of bitterness in her voice 
miss trelawney i want to tell you that you are winning golden opinions from both mr spurling and mr king i am saying this despite myself for i honestly believe i am a little bit jealous of you eleanor laughed incredulously it's true replied miss statham women are like that at least women under certain conditions are and they get jealous in spite of themselves do you mind my speaking freely to you i shall be delighted if you will well i think old maids are nearly all in a state of arrested development if a woman does not marry by the time she's thirty-five her nature instead of mellowing kind of shrivels up that's why old maids are sour and vinegary would you mind telling me what are your hopes and prospects that's rather a difficult question my prospects you know them better than i if i please my employers and business continues good perhaps i may advance a little more in their confidence but my hopes the hopes of a girl are oft-times very silly aren't they are they i'm not sure i don't want to depress you miss trelawney but you asked me the other day whether i was ill no i'm not but i think i am rather miserable i'm sorry replied eleanor politely some people have a genius for friendship went on miss statham i have not i had years ago i think but that part of my nature has become atrophied but i have taken a liking to you i feel that i can speak to you perhaps there's something akin in our natures i want to speak confidentially to you about myself it's an awful confession to make isn't it but i do is it because i'm getting old or is it a woman's whim i am thirty-seven and you are just over twenty i suppose nearly twenty-two replied eleanor then there are fifteen years between us do you ever expect to get married no replied eleanor but you will at least i hope you will why should i miss statham was silent for a few seconds miss trelawney she said at length i suppose i am what you might call a well-educated woman my father was a barrister and sufficiently successful to be able to send me to a good school st andrews in fact when i finished there i went on to girton and was supposed to distinguish myself you have some idea of what girton is and how a number of girls will talk when they get together i got mixed up with what was called the advanced set and we discussed in our own way what a woman's life ought to be we greatly believed in woman's rights and we scorned the idea that a woman should in any way live a life inferior to that of a man of course we were angry that we could not take our degrees in the same way men could however much we might be superior to them in intelligence and attainments we claimed that no position should be open to a man which was not also open to a woman in the abstract i suppose we were right anyhow my mind was filled with all that sort of thoughts 
a number of us laughed at marriage we scorned the idea that any woman should give herself to a man indeed there were many who declared that marriage was a defunct institution and that while it might be necessary in a condition of serfdom it was an outrage in these days of intellectual advancement you understand the sort of thing i am referring to i suppose i was among the most advanced of our little coterie i scorned the idea of falling in love and laughed at marriage she hesitated a little while and then said with a nervous laugh i'm afraid i'm boring you aren't i oh no cried eleanor i'm deeply interested when i was twenty-two went on miss statham a man proposed to me did you like him asked eleanor as miss statham again hesitated i suppose i did yes i'm sure i did he was a nice fellow he took his degree in the year i was a fresher and went to the bar he was not brilliant just a plodding hard-working fellow but he was a gentleman and-and i liked him but i refused him i calculated the sort of life i should have to live i knew he would never be a great man he would earn a few hundreds a year perhaps a thousand or two if he were fortunate but nothing more and you refused him yes i refused him i asked myself about the future why should i be tied to a man who would take me to live in some little suburban villa where i should have to be a household drudge and the mother of squalling babies i wanted liberty i wanted to travel i wanted to have a career i wanted to be free from the responsibilities of home life and as i said i refused him i had professed to scorn the idea of love and i had accepted what we called our advanced thinking very eagerly yes and then asked eleanor with wide-open eyes my mother died when i was about twelve went on miss statham and just after harry Perdue proposed to me my father died he was not in the front rank of successful men but he left me just over two hundred a year enough to support me i felt awfully lonely but i would not lower the flag of the set with which i had become associated for we had formed a kind of cult i had dreamed of taking up some public work of distinguishing myself by being in the vanguard of some advanced movement so i settled down to work i wrote a novel a kind of problem novel the thing that was fashionable fifteen years ago it was not a great success although it brought me a number of complimentary reviews then for a time i edited a weekly paper the new woman kind of thing it died in a few months presently mr king who had been a friend of my father's offered me a post in his firm and being at a loose end at the moment i took it i suppose i had some aptitude for business for i was able to please both members of the firm and got more and more trusted it's not much of a story is it and she laughed a little bitterly it is very interesting affirmed eleanor 
of course i had other offers of marriage went on miss statham but i did not regard them seriously what love i had had been given to harry Perdue, and i had refused him a silence fell between the two women a silence which was almost painful presently however miss statham burst out almost angrily why have i told you this i am a middle-aged woman now in three years i shall be forty with my youth and whatever beauty i had all gone while you are a young girl just over twenty why should i bore you but you are not boring me cried eleanor miss statham started to her feet walked to a window pulled aside the curtain and looked out into the night then she came back miss trelawney she said i am telling you this because i have been a fool oh such a fool eleanor was silent she did not know what to say yes i suppose i have been a successful woman went on miss statham i have a position of trust and responsibility i earn a big income in a way i am interested deeply interested in the enterprises of the firm there's nothing sordid about them they touch the big things of life they bring me into contact with people who occupy high places i have a great deal of liberty too sometimes i travel more than once the partners have commissioned me to go abroad and deal with big things for two months in the year i can do pretty much as i like and during the past few years i have gone to the most interesting places in the world i am a member of the best woman's club in london and having the advantage of a good name and being what is called well connected i am invited to all sorts of good houses as you see i have surrounded myself with pretty things i can afford to do so mr spurling and mr king who in spite of their old-fashioned ideas are both broad-minded men pay me just as they would pay a man in my position and if i wanted more money i could have it i live as you see in comfort i have no need to trouble about money at all and yet miss trelawney i am not happy and i have been a fool why how asked the girl because i would give it all up gladly give it up to be in that suburban villa i used to scorn the drudge of a man the mother of squalling youngsters i would give anything now to see little children coming into a room putting their arms round my neck and calling me mother i would give years of my life to be the housefrau that i used to despise but think of your position your freedom persisted eleanor position freedom cried miss statham what is it worth what are my prospects what have i to look forward to i'm thirty-seven in a few more years i shall want to retire well i shall be able to do so in comfort but what then what are the prospects of a loveless old maid what lies at the end of it all what is the value of all this silly jargon about careers for women mind in a way it's all right i fully believe that careers should be open to women and there are some women who are obliged to live single lives but speaking for myself 
i have played a fool i have realized through the years that i did love harry perdue oh yes he's still alive he's married for that matter and i suppose has difficulty in making both ends meet but he is happy his children are growing up around him he has all the amenities of home life and his wife i met her some time ago her dress was a little shabby but i knew by the light in her eyes that she possessed the secret of which i knew nothing why did you leave home miss trelawney the question came out like a pistol shot because oh i wanted to be free replied eleanor because i had contracted all sorts of ideas during the war and i hated the restrictions of home life you know how things have been these last few years i met your father some time ago said miss statham one of the most delightful men i think i ever saw eleanor was silent i imagine that he was somewhat of a stickler for old-time views though and miss statham watched her companion closely as she spoke yes replied eleanor you see he had been away from home for several years and while he was away new ideas came to the front conventions are broken down the custom of a girl having a chaperone when she goes to a dance is laughed at girls demand latch-keys and resent being questioned as to where they have been and what they have been doing and i suppose when your father came home he insisted on on home discipline i suppose in his way he was very kind said eleanor slowly but he would have obedience he forbade certain of my friends to come to the house he would not consent to my going to a dance except in accordance with his ideas he protested against girls going out to supper with men after theatres he but oh you know the sort of thing so you left home yes i left home and what is it all worth what do you mean i mean your so-called liberty miss trelawney isn't home life the comforts and the refinements and the love of home life a thousand times more than than what you have got have you heard anything about me asked eleanor not much but mr spurling told me you had left home and that you had asked him not to write to your father it was easy to guess the rest i can see the kind of girl you are but miss trelawney when you have said all that can be said about the higher education of women and careers for women and all that sort of thing the true career for a woman is to be married to a good man to have the cares of a home and to become the mother of children there is nothing higher nothing holier in all the wide world oh if only i had a home and brothers and sisters and and children i tell you it's not only insanity but rank blasphemy to talk as some do about marriage i have heard women talk about their right to have children without marriage ties all that sort of thing was born in hell 
i've thought about it all heard all the arguments about it and i tell you marriage is a sacred thing and if ever it is destroyed the best things in life will be destroyed oh god what fools we women are especially those of us who are called intellectual have you any religion miss trelawney eleanor made no reply it's all part of the same thing we women think we know better than god think we can do without god and all the rest follows after all the happiest people in the world and the most useful people in the world are those who find new avenues of usefulness along old paths for hours they talked the woman of thirty-seven and the girl of twenty-two no further reference was made to eleanor's leaving home yet every word the other spoke made eleanor realize the inwardness of what she had done and presently when she made her way back to st hildebrand's mansions she was in a very thoughtful mood the next day peggy came to see her and after taking her to the theatre the two girls had returned to eleanor's rooms and had talked long and earnestly together she did not tell peggy a word about her visit to miss statham in fact she had been extremely reticent about her own thoughts and feelings nevertheless after she had gone and she found herself alone she sat for a long time thinking hard and wonderingly when miss honeywood came back she wondered at eleanor's silence wondered too at the strange look in her eyes what are you doing to-day miss trelawney asked miss honeywood on the sunday morning nothing in particular replied eleanor why my cousins have asked me to go and stay with them at their house in enfield and i thought you might like to come with me they have often asked me to bring you to see them it's awfully good of them eleanor made answer but not to-day thank you i don't feel in the humour for seeing people i think i want to be alone when miss honeywood left however the girl found herself in a very unsettled frame of mind miss statham's words haunted her of what use after all was the freedom she had gained it was not as though she had no home and was obliged to live as she was doing had that been the case she thought she could have been tolerably content but in spite of everything the thought of home made a strong appeal to her she could not help remembering what miss statham had said about her father yes in a way she was proud of him he might be a little puritanical but he was a gentleman still a gentleman of the highest order he was lovable too in her antagonism to his restrictions she had declared she had not a particle of affection for him but as she sat thinking about him that morning something seemed to rise up in her heart something which she could not understand not that she intended to go back her pride if nothing else forbade that she could not conceive herself confessing that she had made a mistake and yet and yet where was rod ravenscroft she wondered since that morning after the awful night which she still shuddered to think about she had never seen him never heard of him of course he had forgotten her 
probably he had become engaged to that girl she had seen him with on hampstead heath or if not her another oh, what a fool what a blind fool she had been her heart ached the thought of living her life without him and yet she would have to suppose she should succeed even as miss statham had succeeded and suppose she were to receive a salary sufficient to enable her to live amid such surroundings as miss statham lived what then then the other side rose up before her after all marriage was a sordid miserable thing and men in the main were brutes peggy had married the man she said she loved yet think of her spending her life with such a creature as barnes think of the intimate associations which a wife must have with such a husband the thought was nauseous and all men were essentially the same mean selfish mere animals who looked upon women as their playthings no on the whole she was glad of what she had done she eleanor trelawney could never become the orthodox wife she could never submit to a lifetime association with any man even although her heart were at that moment aching for rod ravenscroft she took a book from a shelf and tried to read but the thing would not hold her attention she found her mind wandering what was peggy doing she wondered the child's misery had saddened her and she instinctively felt how peggy loathed the thought of going back to primrose terrace she herself became heavy-hearted and miserable at the thought of it she threw aside the book she could not stay indoors but where could she go the day was a wild and stormy one and the dark clouds which had swept across the sky were in accord with her feelings yet she felt anxious about peggy somehow or another she was possessed with the idea that all was not right that something more than ordinary had happened she remembered half with a laugh of amusement and half with a feeling of disgust her experiences at primrose terrace and she could not think of going there again all the same when afternoon came she made her way towards the tube that would take her to camden town yes she felt she must go she wanted to assure herself that no harm had happened to her sister a little later she stood at the door of thirteen primrose terrace and knocked there was no reply she knocked again and again still there was no answer the house was empty what could it mean she was about to turn away when the door of the adjoining house was opened you want to see mrs barnes asked a slatternly woman i want to see young mrs barnes yes well she ain't here mrs barnes and the girls are gone away for a bit of an holiday where jim barnes is i don't know are you the sister of the young lady what married jim barnes yes well then you can't see her and the woman laughed meaningly i don't understand said eleanor is there anything wrong it's not for me to say nothing although i am a next-door neighbour but perhaps i ought to tell you 
young mrs barnes went out yesterday about half past one and no sooner had she gone than mrs barnes and the girls left the house mrs barnes says to me mrs simpkins she says me and the girls are going off for a bit of an holiday and we shan't be back for a few days while jim is off on his own if that young minx of a wife of his comes here knocking as i expect she will you can give her this letter it will give her full explanation she says but but what do you mean asked eleanor i'm telling you as fast as i can i went out to the movies last night went out about eight and didn't come back until after ten i hadn't been back long when i heard the knocker of number thirteen going like anything so i just opened the door and there was your sister it would seem that she didn't know anything about mrs barnes and the girls going away for when i told her she seemed all stunned like i gover the note which mrs barnes had left and that's all at least that's all i know for certain although i've me thoughts i ain't lived here for nothink mrs barnes have told me a lot she have more than once she says to me jim's wife may be a lady she says and have a lot of aristocratic connections she says but she don't bring a penny with her and jim ain't going to stand her tantrums when she came here first mrs barnes kind of crowed it all for me and made out that she was superior to me and was going to be invited to the general's house and all that sort of thing but i told her what i thought then i did and when i sees how things were going on and heard what the girls said i was able to put two and two together i was but you gave my sister a note yes i give it to her just as it was guv to me i'm a respectable woman i am and didn't open it nor nothink and she what did she say she didn't say nothink she seemed all stunned like and as she had never been friendly with me i just closed the door as soon as i gave her the letter is that all you know asked eleanor well it is and it isn't just out of curiosity like i opened the door again and watched her and i see her go down the steps and walk away by herself she didn't seem to know where she was going or what she was doing then i see her stand under that lamp-post and read the letter i gave her i watched her for two or three minutes while she stood there and then she kind of staggered away and is that all you know that's all i know it wasn't my business and she never even condescended to speak to me so why should i trouble but i have me thoughts all the same eleanor left primrose terrace almost frenzied with anxiety she had heard enough to tell her the whole miserable story what had happened was evident but what had become of peggy where had she gone she had a few shillings in her pocket she knew she had given her some money herself but where had she gone what had she done if the barnes's door was closed against her where could she go where had she passed the night the thought of peggy wandering through the miserable streets of camden town late at night homeless and friendless was horrible to contemplate and yet that was what must have happened to her 
almost unconsciously she made her way back to st hildebrand's mansions she wanted to be alone she wanted to think out the whole situation the thought was maddening peggy her sister to be placed in such an awful predicament she a young girl to be homeless friendless deserted she thought she saw the reason why peggy had not come to her she was too proud too ashamed to confess the ghastly truth she dismissed the thought that peggy had gone home to hampstead with scarcely a moment's consideration she remembered that her sister had said only the previous night that she could never go home again but where was she that was the thought which haunted her with ghastly persistency she made herself a cup of tea and then having hurriedly swallowed it went out again the room seemed to stifle her presently she found herself in holborn sunday evening though it was buses rushed thither and thither while pedestrians thronged the sidewalks unheeding whither she went she turned her face eastward and presently found herself in the city she had no reason for going there she simply followed a blind impulse the traffic was much thinner here and she was able to think more calmly as she walked the church bells began to ring they were calling the people to worship she had told herself again and again that that kind of thing had no meaning to her that it had gone with a hundred other effete institutions and yet these church bells had a meaning all over the land they would be ringing calling the people to prayer there was something beautiful in the thought in spite of everything why should one pray and why was it that what people called religion still appealed to people when intellectually they had given up the creeds of their fathers of course too religion was associated with some ethical code and after all the best and the most thoughtful people in the world had declared their need of it she eleanor trelawney was a living being with all sorts of hopes and longings and desires what was life after all what did it mean was there anything after death of what she saw and heard during her walk back to st hildebrand's mansions she knew nothing cared nothing when she saw the great block of buildings of which her little rooms formed a tiny part she almost shuddered it might be hours before miss honeywood would return how could she bear to pass the time alone she entered the vestibule with a heartache such as she thought she had never felt before and then suddenly she started back like one afraid the place was dimly lit and the man who attended the lift did not appear to be near but she had a kind of consciousness that she was being watched eleanor it is you isn't it it was peggy's voice peggy the word was a gasp is is it you yes can't you see then the floodgates of eleanor's heart were opened and throwing her arms round her sister's neck she sobbed convulsively oh thank god thank god she cried but why she said it she did not know.
End of chapter 31